This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. From Gimlet, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. On this show, we venture into the world of startups to a critical moment when aspiring entrepreneurs put it all on the line and pitch investors for funding. This week, we produce wearable technology and we allow people to play combat sports without having to hit each other in the face. Phil, you're a moron. I have to tell you, and I never say that, but... Did you just call me a moron? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Today, two founders pitched their wearable fitness technology, basically a Fitbit for boxing. Will investors decide that their device is a heavyweight? Phil Nadell is the founder of Forefront Venture Partners. In pitches, you'll hear him put the focus on the hard numbers. I don't like the model. I'm not seeing the path to recurring revenue. Jillian Manis is here representing Structure Capital. She tends to only go in on companies when she really understands and appreciates what they're doing. I see the merit. I just want to make sure that I always add smart money, just not money. Jake Chapman's here with Gelt VC. He looks for founders who have thought through all the small, boring details. There are a ton, a ton of operational issues that you haven't had to address yet. I think you can address these issues, but we haven't seen that yet. Howie Diamond founded the VC firm Ranch Ventures. He looks for scrappy founders who come hell or high water, get the job done. It's just one of my things as an investor. I want to know that you can build something that's actually functional. Here we go. All right, let's jump into it. I think it's a good time. Um, well, thanks a lot for having us, guys. Um, so my, my name is Khalil. I'm the founder of our company that is called Hixo. We produce wearable technology, and we allow people to play combat sports without having to hit each other in the face. Basically, Hixo is a chip you can wear on your wrist, sort of like a Fitbit. But instead of measuring steps or how many flights of stairs you've climbed, it counts punches. How many punches you've thrown, what kind of punches, and how fast they were. So if you were taking, for instance, a kickboxing class, you could see how you were measuring up. Uh, But we realized that a lot of coaches out there are trying to always gamify those classes uh, and trying to keep score, basically, and they have no way to do it. Uh, And right now, the best thing available is a company called MyZone, which is actually a heart rate monitor that displays the heart rate directly on TV. Here's Tommy, the other founder. Yeah, heart rate is a very, it's a tough way to measure um, output, first of all, right? Because it's subject to so many external factors, whether it be stress or caffeine. Tommy's the muscle in this co-founding team. No, literally. His hands are wrapped like he's ready to step into the ring. And on his wrists, hidden under the wrap, sits the technology that brings everyone here today. And the competition aspect is really what excites us because you can now create a circuit right. and connect all of those locations together within gyms, for example. 
I guess I'm having trouble. Can you guys just like very concisely yeah. tell me where you guys, where, where this company started, where it is today, yeah, yeah. where you see it in the future, and what's actually built up to now? Right. That'd be helpful. Um, it started three years ago, and the idea was just for myself. And then we had a lot of traction with the professional athletes mm -hmm. because we were working with the national team of Canada. They needed very high accuracy. Uh, and basically what was took the most of our time to develop this is that you have to filter all the different types of data. Mm -hmm. If you do jumping jacks, you don't want to count punches. If you, you know, clap your hands, you don't want to count punches. Mm -hmm. And that was a very big challenge because most- Khalil and Tommy explain that because they started out working with the Canadian Olympic boxing team, the process of refining their wearable technology took a while. They needed it to be precise in measuring punches, and punches only. But finally, they got it right. And it was then that they decided to take their product to a bigger market. Uh, target demographic is boxers and boxing gyms today. No, it's, it's actually wider than that. Um, right now, the target market when it comes to the users is actually women between 25 and 40 years old. They're the big market when it comes to fitness. It was a pivot to go to the gym model. It just makes a lot more sense for us. Rather than marketing to individual consumers or to teams like the Canadian boxing team, the new plan for Hixo is to sell directly to gyms. This way, athletes taking classes like kickboxing and MMA can all use the wearables and keep track of their progress. The question is, how well does the technology actually work? You guys want to see a demo? Yeah, yeah. I want to yes. show you a demo too. I'm dying. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Jake, do you want to hold the phone? You'll be working with Jake for the demo. He'll be your sparring partner. Show him that too. So, just take it easy. Not the face. It would have been shield. Not the face. This is the money maker right here. The sensors are in here. That he's holding the charging dock. Both sensors go within that charging dock. It doubles as a carrying case for you. Tommy is showing the investors the sensor, which sits inside the wrap that goes underneath his boxing glove. So punch harder, punch faster, punch more, you maximize that intensity score. So I throw a punch. How many punches am I at right now, Khalil? 13. 13. 14. Right. 15. Right. 16. Right. 17. Tommy is throwing punches now, showing investors how the Hixo sensor can pick up the speed, velocity, and type of each punch. So we need more, a little more velocity. Right. Oh, and the, and Come on, man. I'm retired. And Let's get the, it over 12. And, oh, intensity oh, yeah. through the oh, rhythm. Okay. Charge. See, the, the social, the social pressure does. Imagine in a gym setting, right? When yeah. you're strapped up on a TV. You're, getting all, you're off the right. charge. Push it pushes you to work. Pick it up. You're, you're talking up, and the intensity is dropping. You'd probably crash yeah. so, so imagine you're in a gym setting now, right? An individual, you have that social pressure. The other modes we have are super interesting too. So imagine you can take the gym now, right? And you split the class into two teams or four teams, right, of equal size. And now you have team one, team two, team three, team four right. coming together to beat one another. Right, or the You can tell you oh, by team. The yes. six o'clock class coming together <laughs> to beat the eight o'clock class. Because in a gym, so I spent a, a really long time in fitness myself, the holy grail in a gym is community. Yeah. Yes. Can, yep. If you can get that community mm -hmm. feel in yes. your gym, strengthen those relationships, you drive retention through the roof. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. As a rule, investors love seeing a live demo, and they view it as kind of a first hurdle. If the founders can nail the demo, then they'll move on to the tough questions. Could not any of the other Fitbit um, or the wearable 
uh, companies come out with this? Good question, I mean, but it's extremely difficult. So what? So what the Fitbit does? It's a you know it's a pedometer, right? So if there's an event, it says there was an event. If there was any kind of movement, right? What yeah, but Apple's also working on things. I mean, they're all. I'm not just saying Fitbit. Right. I'm saying wearables as general in general right. as category. Right. So, so what we do is full 3D motion tracking. The sensor knows its position in time and space 1,000 times per second. Right. right, but it can be done by any one right. of the wearable and, companies. Right. You know, honestly, when it comes the to right, a Fitbit, yeah. the angle of the product is completely different. No, it's, no, but not. Fit, she used that as an example. Yes, it right. Fitbit is not an example. Let's say I started, science. you know, Phil's uh, boxing sensor company, yeah. and I and I. Did the same hire somebody tra an engineer trend right? You know, what's I mean, proprietary? You know this. The, pro the the uh, what is pr proprietary is actually the algorithm. When it comes to the sports that are very dynamic, it is actually complex to be able to filter what is a relevant motion than a not relevant fo uh, motion. It. It's hard to know if you know there's not other brains out there who can who can do that. Sure. Uh, we know HBO worked for two years on a similar product, mm -hmm. wasn't able to pull it off. Are you thinking of doing like a Peloton for boxing? Yes, exactly. At a certain point, we want to allow people even at home to connect with the people in the gym. You might have seen the commercials for Peloton. This is what you woke up for. This is your Peloton. It's a $1,200 stationary bike that comes with a big Robin screen and you ride it in your home. They have a $50 monthly membership that lets you tune in to live classes. To me, that makes a lot more sense than even having to go to the gym. I'll stay at home like I do with my Peloton, and I'll go online and do yep. an interactive class or compete with other boxers. Yep, absolutely. That's smart. I, I, I really like that idea because, uh, well, firstly, Peloton's killing it. Yeah. You know, and with your model, they don't have to buy expensive hardware. They have to buy sensors that are right. a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and they can get a great workout and still have that interactive training and you have leaderboards and the whole the whole thing. Yep. So yep. that's smart. And not just that, but you know, I think the at-home fitness market has always been more geared towards women. It's been more, women have been more accepting just, you know, as an overall of the at-home fitness market. It's obviously a huge opportunity right now. Do you know why? Uh, no. It's because Jane Fonda. Right. Jane Fonda really right. opened our eyes into yeah. basically taking responsibility. And that was the first ones. And then Cher and all the other ones fell up. But it was really introduced to women first. That's why. And then men were a little bit right. off put on it. Well, that's too, you know, that's too girly and yeah. all of that. But now with all the, what is the? Taibo was, yeah, an, was another one as well. Right. Yeah. For the record, I had a jazzercise party <laughs> when I was three. <laughs> So I was I was into it. Did you? Yeah. Jazzercise. I can see that. That's cool. My opinion of well, you has changed dramatically yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. I learned yeah. something here today. While Howie might be the lone enthusiast for jazzercise, all of the investors sound like they're getting kind of excited by the idea Phil brought up of Hixo as a product that you could use at home. So how does this fit into that model? Because you don't have really the workouts, do you? You just it's just the Device right we don't now. provide the workouts for now, right? Our oh, yeah. Yeah. Our, our first focus right now is the is, sensors. No, uh, it's actually going into those gyms because um, that demand is there. Right. So we signed two LOIs, and one was actually with the fastest growing franchise in 2015 in the US. Which one? It's called Title Boxing Club. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I know that. The thing Khalil is bringing up, LOI or letter of intent, this is a smart move on Khalil's part. He's taking control of the conversation, moving investors into an early success story. 
Title Boxing Club recently signed a letter of intent, an LOI, basically saying that if Hixo builds the sensors and leaderboard app for the gyms, they will buy it. They're expanding super fast right now. Uh, And they basically were looking into my zone, but they didn't like the fact that, you know, it was irrelevant for boxing. But now, you know, with our system, they can measure output, which means that they can rank all of their members and create links between all of their locations. So that creates a bigger sense of community with all of their members and you become part of the title boxing circuit. We recently signed in LOI with CKO Kickboxing as well. I don't know if anybody's heard of them. Yes. They put out a press release yesterday. The COO just texted me today. He said the reaction is, yeah, it's just off off the hook. What do you think the value of that LOI is? Two million. Yeah, it's around two million. Okay. LOIs worth $2 million is nothing to sniff at, though it's worth distinguishing that LOIs are not contracts. Still, they could turn into contracts if everything goes right for Hixo. The question on all the investors' minds now is, assuming this does work, how big could Hixo really get? Do you think this is going to be a trend? Is this trend-sensitive? You know, it's hard to say. You know, I don't believe so. You know, um, spinning has not been a trend, although it started in... Oh, it's trend now. It wasn't. It wasn't, but it's constant now. It's pretty solid. Let's distinguish between trend and fad. Right. Are you talking about a fad that's going to come and go, or are you talking about something that's... that's Actually, that's a really good question. I'm thinking more like a fad. Fad fades quickly. Yeah, like we didn't see... I mean, now Taibo was the, you know, was everything, and now it's gone. I mean, everything comes and goes. Howie, what about jazzercise? Is that gone? Well, uh, I do host some jazzercise parties once a quarter at my house. You're still doing that? Right, there you go. Okay. It's more for nostalgic purposes. I mean, I know boxing's off, but, but boxing actually as a sport has also hit a low, not in terms of fitness, but, but in survived terms of, more than yeah. 120 years already, right, and, of popularity. And MMA is more popular. MMA, MMA is exploding. That's picked up the slack more sure. than anything. And then the way we see it when it comes to, you know, those fads is we look at, you know, what happened with running, yeah. which was really got popularized in 2005, right. saw the peak growth. Everyone started running. Right. 2005, like people didn't run before. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had all those uh, companies like yes. Strava, uh, you know, Runkeeper that all suddenly came out. Right. And then you had the same thing in spinning in 2012 and 2011, right. where they saw the peak growth. Right. And then you had SoulCycle and Peloton. Right. And then in 2015, there's like multiple uh, analysts in fitness that are saying that combat sport is the new thing. But I'm wondering, is it a new fad where this only has a little bit of, you know, it's going to peak similarly, and then... If I would have the answer to that, honestly, that, you know... The conversation is moving in a direction that Khalil and Tommy aren't totally comfortable with, debating whether or not contact sports is a fad or a trend. So Khalil gently nudges investors towards something a bit more concrete. Past sales. Basically, when we learned that the sales cycles were so long, and that was actually last January, we decided to do a pre-order campaign. Uh, that was in March, and we sold, uh, in four months, we sold 2,500 units. It's $360,000. What did you do it through? Directly on our website. Through we, our, your website, Yeah, okay. we didn't think our community lived on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So you pre-sold this next generation product? Yeah, that we're shipping in okay. 12 weeks now. Okay. How many did you sell? 2,500 units. And it's just the sensor? Just the sensor, the mobile app. It's direct-to-consumer. Okay. 
Um, and then in the meantime, we got all those discussions with those big gyms. So one LOI with Title Boxing Club, it's a four million dollar LOI. And then what's what's your cost to make a pair of sensors? Thirty-two dollar landed. Thirty-two dollars landed. Okay. And it'll go down over time. In, I mean, in terms of hardware development, it's it's basically just it's done, right? They're yeah. making the product. Like yeah, yeah, final I mean, designs are done. Like they already, we already pressed the green button with uh, Arrow. Arrow is our uh, manufacturing partner, uh, and they finance the first production run. So you didn't have to pay anything up front? They, exactly. They so covered that, all the costs? Yeah, exactly. So they, they, are, they offer a line of credit of 175 k But I like you guys are being kind of, scrappy with the cash flow. You've got Arrow doing the development, yep. you've pre-sold yeah. units. So. Exactly. So total revenues, how much? I'd say right now we're about like, um, you know, 405. 400. Yeah. How much are you raising and on what terms? 500 k uh, And we raise under a safe cap at 4 million. Oh, that's really good. Pixo is valued at $4 million, and Khalil and Tommy are trying to raise a half a million dollars from investors to get their sensors perfected, shipped, and hopefully into gems. How much of that has been committed so far? 175. From whom? Uh, so from, uh, you know, we have 100k that is from friends and family, uh, and the rest is from angels. It's decision time. Have Khalil and Tommy talked up these LOIs enough to get investors on board with Hixo? Here's Howie. I mean, thanks for the demo. That's like actually <laughs> rare for us <laughs> to see a working demo. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys built something that seemingly just works, which is awesome. And for this for this space, it's, it seems like it is underserved and it feels like you guys are, are solving a problem. To me, I worry about like, the, like the total addressable market, like the yeah. TAM. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's a little too narrow, sure. so I'm going to pass. Yeah, right, right, right. Phil? Yes, Julian? <laughs> Phil's, really? Phil's taking okay. notes. I'll okay, go. Phil's taking it. Apparently, Phil's undecided. Here's Jake. You know, I do box for fitness. I think it's an enormous amount of fun, and it is, like, the hardest workout, like, oh. you could possibly get. I mean, like... On days when I feel motivated, like I want to puke at the end of it, and but like it's it's, it's in a good way. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's a fad, and maybe that's just because like I'm in it, like I really enjoy it. I think if I had these at my gym and I were doing it, and like I showed someone an app, like other people would want the sensors. And I know that's not the market you're going for because you want sort of the gyms to buy it. Yeah. Um, so I I think it could work, like. Um, so I'm in. I think this deal is a real knockout. Oh! I was. I had that oh, one queued up. Did you? I totally you had that one ready. Oh. We're working on puns. We're really yeah, we're yeah, working on puns. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, so we're I mean, we're a smaller fund, but like I I definitely want to be in. I think um, probably a 25k commitment from us. Um, I think there's a future here. I I think you can become something like a Strava or a Peloton. Um, so absolutely, thank you. Uh, awesome. Wow. So Jakeson for twenty five k. Let's find out if Phil has made up his mind yet. I, I gotta tell you, I'm still on the fence. Um, I really like the idea of of the Peloton model, mm-hmm. but that's not what you're targeting right now because what you're targeting makes a lot of sense, um, and and uh, but it also requires sell through, uh, and that's why you know for a sort of uh, early stage like this, where it's pre-delivery of the product, there's there's so much more risk. 
Uh, if for some reason the members don't bite, then the thing falls apart. So let me ask you this. On the two big LOIs, mm -hmm. is the hardware component of those set in stone, is that guaranteed? It's not guaranteed since it's an LOI, you know, it's to be completely LOI. fair. But, but so know, what are the terms under which no. they, I mean, they can cancel at any time at this point? Yeah, it's an LOI. It's so an if LOI. it goes to contract, what, is, what are the terms? All the terms that are laid out in the LOI, so... So why isn't it a contract? I mean... We're shipping in a month. The, yeah, but what, I mean, the you biggest have a contract doubt now. Of all of those customers is that it works. Right. Yeah, well, that's my doubt too. If you've been paying attention to past pitches, you know Phil is our most cautious investor. He tries to nail down every single detail before he puts a cent behind a startup. So you've shown them this demonstration that you showed us. That's how we, yeah, that's yeah. how and, we. And they were like, wow, that's great. Yeah. So they see that it works. So what are they concerned about? That it won't get up is on the TV screen? Is it that's, honest, that's an honest, that's honest pushback that I've <laughs> That's what they're saying. Honestly. We see it gets on the app. We're not sure you're going to get that information well, up on the phone, up the on the TV. Exact, yeah, they didn't see the exact context with 15 people, for example, doing it at the same time. I, I just want to understand, what's the timing for getting these LOIs to contract? Do you have to deliver product first? Do they want to see it actually? Yeah, I, th I think those would actually be done, uh, you know, I'd say six weeks after first shipment. Yep. So I'd say within the next uh, four months and a half. Right. You know. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pass for now. Uh, in four and a half months, if there are contracts, I'm in even, you know, if, the, if it means a higher valuation at that point, because at this stage, I really like what you're doing. Right. I really do. This is very tough for me, but I, I just feel like th there's this big question mark there. Seed stage is maybe a little bit too early for you right now. Pre-shipping right. is a little early. Yeah. And this is, I'm trying to make an exception here, but. <laughs> I don't think they would have manufactured all these if they didn't really feel confident that these LOIs are going to turn into contracts. Oh, I don't doubt that they feel confident. Yeah. Okay, can I just say one thing? I, I just want to just uh, address one of your concerns. I think they're doing it the right way, mm -hmm. where they have the gym marketing dollars behind them, yeah. and the the adoption will be in the gym, and then they can expand it into right. at home. Right. So I think at a four million dollar valuation, uh, I'm not trying to convince you, but I would think that going direct consumers is probably not the best way to go, and I'll tell you why. Because the reason why. Um, this in-home in spinning has done so well is because of SoulCycle and all the other gyms that launched SoulCycle. So people started to be introduced through the gyms and through these mm. franchises. Yes. And then it enabled companies to come in and start the home, yes. okay? And yeah. so that said, okay, I'm gonna pass and I'll tell you why, and it has nothing to do with me not being completely excited about this. Mm at all. It's because I don't I don't invest into devices. I don't do wearables or anything like that. I don't know anything really about this. And so I never invest in something I don't know anything about. Yeah. Um, but I do know about boxing and I do know enough that this is a very hot space and I, I am positive. I think that this is a huge opportunity for everybody and good for you for taking this because um, you're going to be laughing at all of us. Uh, I think what you're doing is amazing. You're in yes. I absolutely see this. So um, 
Thank you so much. And I think your raise will be pretty easy at this valuation and with this incredible product. So wait, yeah. Phil, are you still passing or did um, Phil, you're Jillian moron. convince you to go I have go to tell in? you, and I never say that, but- Did you, you just call t- me a moron? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're one of the smartest yeah, men. <laughs> and I can't believe, it. and you also do your own, you understand this market and, y- I see such huge opportunity here. It's killing me. And of all the people, I would think you'd be able to scoop up money for this. Julian, you love the deal. Why don't you make an exception? (laughs) It would be such a pleasure. I really (laughs) like your vibe. Let let me just say, we could we can do the whole round. You let him do this to me. We can get them. We can get the valuation. The valuation is already four. I I think we do a three million dollar valuation, and we do the whole thing. Phil. Three million, we do the whole thing. I can't. Julian. It's not your money. It's my money. Phil, you shouldn't need Julian to go into this deal to go into a deal. I know. Okay. So you're out? You're passing? You're done? I'm (gasps) passing. Oh. That's that's such a shame. You know business, though, very well. Yeah, but he knows it ten times better, and he knows the space. So if he comes in, would you be in with him? That way he gets What's to... this, like the Trump-Hillary thing? What? You show your emails, what, he'll share his tax returns. What do you want to do on, on, the, on the cap? What do you propose? Three million. Mm. I'll do 250. Okay? No, $250. <laughs> yeah, take, take out the wallet. Take out the wallet. I got it here for you. I'll close today. I can close now at $250. The K, I would have to wait a little bit, but the 250 I can close today. So Phil is offering to come in for a quarter of a million dollars if Khalil and Tommy will drop the valuation of their company from four million to three million. Jay can ride along at the three million. So you get what'd you generous, generous. How much did you come in at? Twenty-five. Kids. Okay, so you'd get two seventy-five at three. And then Jillian would come in for. I think she 25. would do. I think she would do something. Because that makes it an even three hundred thousand on a three million cap. Fine, Jillian's coming at twenty-five. There, you got 300000 at three million. At three million. It is so, so much lower than Okay, um, what do you think? Do you, uh, you, you want to phone you a friend? Let's do it. <laughs> phone, a, phone a friend? Let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. We're doing it. Are you phoning yeah. a friend or are we shaking on? Thanks for coming right. in. <laughs> yeah, thanks. At four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at four. Yours is at four. <laughs> I'll still shake your guys' hand. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Oh, Thank you. Good job. How are we going to lose out on this one? You did a great job. The investors have promised 300K to Hixo. All it took was some serious strong arming by Phil to get the founders to drop the price of their company to 3 million and convince Jillian to ride along. So now they all own a bigger piece of the pie than they would have if Hixo had kept its $4 million price tag. Now that's some smooth talking. Everyone shakes hands and the founders head home, leaving our investors to debrief. Did you uh, consider jumping in at the end? No, I um after uh, when we got the valuation down a little I bit. Didn't, it wasn't about the valuation. I didn't I didn't get a sense that they were closers. Like to me, LOIs are I mean, those are that's bullshit. If they're exciting, if, if like the CKO gym, if these guys are really if these gyms are really excited about part, utilizing this technology. Wait, where's the contract? Oh, I thought it was 20 here, 27. Where's the contract? Where's the money? Are you guys worried about that? The aspect that, you know, they have LOIs. Why don't they have signed contracts? You know what? Um, usually, and this is the only thing I do know about devices, <laughs> wearables, they do like to see things that are shipped so that they know nothing has goes wrong in the production. I Let's, think we can push them off and say, you know, we want Yes, we want but to then see. we hammer them down on the value. 
right? Yeah, well, three so million is a, is a great price. Three million is a great Two. price. I've got to say, the move of <laughs> Phil, you really need to get into this deal. Yeah, back. Here's all the reasons why. I'm, I'm but I'm gonna though. pass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what was that? You're a moron, but I'm not a moron for passing. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh... You know why? I don't know anything about <laughs> Neither do I. Are you guys having regret? Are you guys having I'm some investor having, regret? I'm actually not having regret. I actually feel more confident. I'm blowing so much money on this podcast. I'm going to kill you. If you're listening to this, I'm going to... It's all your I, fault, Josh. I may be responsible for making the investors a little poorer after today's episode, but we've also made one company a little richer. In a moment, we'll get Khalil on the phone and find out what happened in the months following his pitch. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies to fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Hey, Josh. How you doing? So I got Khalil on the phone to hear how things are going with Hixo and find out what became of the investments. First, Jake committed $25,000. Then Jillian talked Phil into going in. Then Jake, the first guy who came in, talked Jillian into putting $25K in and making it an even $300, I think. All the while renegotiating the valuation from four down to three. So what happened after that? Um, so after that, we started getting into due diligence uh, with all three of them. Jillian actually discovered that she had a conflict of interest uh, with one of her portfolio companies. Um, so unfortunately, she had to she she had to pull out. We kept going through due diligence, and then at a certain point, uh, we started getting another uh, another offer from uh, five hundred startups. I was looking to close the round. Uh, especially at that valuation, because the program was starting. Then I, um, I basically asked Phil and Jake uh, if they were ready to move forward. Um, Phil had a few things that were that was kind of you know he wanted us to to go through shipment uh, that would have de-risked the deal a little bit from his perspective. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we decided to uh, you know basically revisit once you know we will have been through shipment. Uh, but Jake decided to invest. Okay, so Jake's uh, in. Yep, Jake. Jake came through, um, and you know he's awesome. Uh, we've been talking. Uh, we added each other on Facebook. We've been like you know texting each other on like <laughs> weird you know weird hours that usually don't text you know business people. 
Uh, so we're super glad to have him on board. Uh, he was a great uh, addition. As so often happens, the due diligence period weeded out some of the investors, but not all of them. Jake hung on with his 25K investment, and as it turns out, he wasn't sorry he did. You wrote that 25K check like last year, and then like, how are things going this year? Yeah, I mean, we've stepped in, stayed in, in really close contact. Um, so I talk to them at least once a month, um, sometimes more often than that. And uh, they've just been growing like gangbusters. So their direct sales to their website, well, first of all, I should say that they started shipping product early this year, I think back in February. So that was a, a big initial hangup that, that some of the other investors had. Um, yeah. But the product came through very, very few complaints from customers, almost nobody shipping it back. Um, their sales- For have, real, on their first version? Yeah, it's amazing. They, they of a had, hardware product? Yeah, very, very few quality control issues. Once they started shipping, I mean, they worked really hard at the factory to, to get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, their sales have been growing incredibly fast. They started rolling out to gyms. The gym members love it. So those pilots that he talked about have started expanding into larger pilots or full-blown contracts. I think every month it's just, it's growth and, you know, good news. Um, so, I mean, there's always setbacks in every startup, but I mean, these guys are just, they're doing incredibly well. After those initial sales, the investment in Hixo started to look even better to Jake. So yeah, so they went out to, to do some more fundraising. And uh, based on all this progress, we decided to increase our investment. So, you know, our initial commitment was uh, 25000 relatively small. But we just committed an additional $100,000 to their round. Um, oh, this just happened? Just happened, yeah, last month. Oh, fantastic. I've said it before, pitching is a little like a first date. And an investment is like deciding to go steady. All of it is done in the hopes that one day you might say, I love your company. You never really know exactly what the relationship's going to be like before you invest, no matter how much diligence you do. Um, but once you invest, sometimes you figure out that this thing that you thought was great is like mind-blowingly great. And whenever you can increase your investment in a company like that, like you've done a great job for your investors and uh, hopefully a great job for the company. Here's to Jake and Hixo. May their relationship be long and profitable. To hear scenes from next week's episode, stay tuned till after the credits. Come join the conversation on social. I'm Josh Muccio on Twitter and Facebook, and the show handle is at The Pitch Show. You can also send us an email at thepitch at gimletmedia.com. Our website is thepitch.show, and you can subscribe to our brand new email newsletter and get behind-the-scenes stuff at thepitch.show slash email. Our show is produced by me, Josh Muccio, Asta Chathavedi, and Rob Zipko. We are edited by Devin Taylor. Special thanks to Colleen Pellisier and Allison Berenger, who originally produced this episode back in our indie podcast days. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder, with original music composed by the Musemaker, Bobby Lord, Binart, and Johnny Cool. We were mixed by Enoch Kim, with help from Matthew Boll. Thanks to Lisa Muccio for planning the Season 2 recording event last fall. Quick disclaimer, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. Also, I do want to say a quick thank you to the original sponsor of Season 2, the It's Worth Doing Right family, for taking a leap of faith on us when we were just a little independent podcast. Finally, if you're enjoying the pitch, 
please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others discover the show. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. I'm Josh Muccio. See you next week. Next week on The Pitch. You know, how do you balance creating a nutritional diet against picky eating habits? So we really asked ourselves, how can we create a healthier generation through food and technology? Okay, what makes a good business? Not just a mission. Not what makes a good mission. What makes a good business? As much as I want the business to exist, I don't know if it can. New episodes come out on Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a thing. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.